You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi, I'm Marquis Laughlin, and this is the Bible Prophecy Daily Podcast. The good news of God's grace to those who fear Him has been preached since the fall of man. But what is the one key ingredient in every presentation of the gospel that's recorded in Scripture? Are churches leaving that out? What can we learn about how we should be using that to share the message of salvation in the end times? As God continues to reveal Himself to us, This good news becomes more and more clear, more powerful. The way it's shared changes from age to age, depending on where we are in God's timeline, as God continues to reveal himself. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. But what is the key ingredient in every presentation of the gospel recorded in Scripture? Has the church been leaving that ingredient out when we present the gospel? And what will the fulfillment of the Great Commission look like, biblically? First, a bit about my background. I got saved in Hollywood. As an actor, I was... uh, uh, bought a Bible by a roommate, and he took me to John MacArthur's church, Grace Church, uh, there in Sun Valley, California, and I got saved. And um, obviously, I was uh, a storyteller at heart, and I was amazed reading the Bible that these were the best stories I could ever get my hands on. I was convinced I would not have better scripts, quote-unquote, to share with anyone than what was in the Bible. So I started memorizing different books of the Bible. I started with Revelation because I was frustrated. There was so much written on Revelation that was con- uh, contradicting itself. It was easy to agree on most other issues, but when it came to Bible prophecy, there were so many diverse opinions by great Bible teachers. I wanted to really know for myself. So uh, the Lord convicted me to memorize more of Scripture. So that's what I did. I me- memorized Revelation. Then I memorized John's Gospel and Daniel and Acts and Re- and. Uh, Exodus and Ecclesiastes and Genesis, um, God just kept leading me to different portions of Scripture. And of course, um, the more you get into Scripture, I have about maybe 5% of Scripture memorized, uh, the more you realize how deep it is. So a good 95% of the Bible um, I don't have committed to memory. And it is very, very deep water. And I have a, a lot of respect, a high regard for the Scriptures because I can see that they are all connected. There are reasons different books of the Bible are included in the canon of scriptures that are built into them. Um, and, and it's just amazing work that no man could ever put together. Clearly, God, using uh, almost 40 writers over uh, hundreds of years, thousands of years, 2,500 most think, um, to put together his word. Um, it's a phenomenon um, that can't be matched by any other manuscript or book. And so, uh, 
God pouring his thoughts into words and preserving them for, for millennia for us to be able to have access to. It's the greatest gift mankind has ever gotten outside of the gospel. Well, what I want to really focus on today is how do we share the gospel effectively? Why are we as a church missing the power that the first century Christians had? They they shared the gospel and people came to faith. So what were they doing? What were they saying? You know, I visit all kinds of churches across the denominational spectrum every year uh, presenting these different books of the Bible and dramatic performances. I've been all over the world sharing the gospel, and I've been in a number of different churches, and I've never seen um, the gospel shared with great power uh, anything like it was in the book of Acts. Now, I know that there were uh, there were signs and wonders accompanying and confirming God's word at that time. There was a purpose for the dramatic things to be happening. But I also realized that the church nowadays uh, does not present the gospel in its context. And that's really what we're going to talk about. Um, we tend to downplay or categorize Bible prophecy as a side issue. It's a, it's almost like it's uh, it shouldn't even be on our plate until we've eaten our main dish, and it's really like a dessert. So when you talk to some pastors, they may tell you, you ask them, well, why don't you preach more on Bible prophecy and eschatology? And they they'll say something like, well, I'm. Uh, it's divisive. It brings up too many questions. Or uh, I, I don't want to be associated with date, date setters. I mean, we're focused on the basics here, and and that will all pan out. Well, that is, that attitude has um, really created a, a lack of teaching on things about the end times, um, and that's disappointing because Jesus told us over and over again to be watching um, and to not fall asleep. And we've been warned that this would be, uh, that we would be deceived and that we would fall asleep and that many would scoff in the last days at his coming. So we've, we've had these warnings. Now we're seeing this, the decrease of it in our churches, the, the desire to stay away from it. So, um, the, the most important thing is, Hey, are we, are we throwing out that uh, the whole idea of Bible prophecy and looking at it as, as a side thing, or realize, do we realize that Bible prophecy is the foundation of the gospel? Now, here's what I mean. If you look at the book of Acts, you see people like Peter, Stephen, and Paul, who gave some of the most powerful presentations of the gospel ever recorded. So what did they all have in common? Well, they were Bible prophecy geeks. Yep, just like you and I. The first thing they did was to give a little history lesson that served as a reminder and proof of God's sovereignty. They spoke about what God said he was going to do, his promises, how God did it, fulfilled prophecy, and then they told the people what God was about to do, future Bible prophecy. You see how central it was to their message of the gospel? Now, once God's credibility was established, once the listeners understood he was sovereign and really in control, I mean, really God, then they were given a choice to accept his grace or reject it. And this is how we're supposed to be sharing the gospel in the end times. This is the proper context. Uh, why should I believe the gospel? Well, because I, this person just pointed out to me 
that God fulfills his promises. And he showed me historically how he fulfilled them. He showed them to me how they're being fulfilled today, right in my day, right in front of my eyes. And then he's telling me what God's going to do next. So I am forced to make a decision. With all of that evidence, I've got to decide where I want to be in the pages of Bible prophecy, who I want to be in the parable that Jesus told us about. So that's how to present the gospel. That's why Bible prophecy is so critical to know, because if you don't know it, you can't share the gospel. You're leaving out the one attribute of God, the one reason people should listen to the gospel, and that's the proof that God is sovereign and in control and that they face a judgment or they can accept the mercy of God. So how does the uh, the whole idea of the Great Commission, how is that affected by this uh, new understanding of the context of the gospel being Bible prophecy, that the credibility of it all being Bible prophecy? We're going to look at that coming up. You know, we should be pointing people with all of the things we're learning. Uh, you're listening to this uh, 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 podcast because you're watchful, you're awake. You need to be learning these things so that you can share them with people who are searching for God. This is your way of sharing the good news. Do you see that? Does it look out of control? God's in control. Here's proof. Dot, dot, dot. Now, in... As we look at the Great Commission, we tend to think that the church is going to fulfill this Great Commission. But I believe that we have some partners, and sometimes they're kind of underestimated. First of all, we've got the two witnesses. We know that they preach the gospel for three and a half years as they're battling with the false prophet and the Antichrist. This is their ministry is huge. It's worldwide. It's known. The world hates them because they are calling down plagues on the earth. They're causing fire to come down from heaven to earth and devour people who are against them. They are controversial figures sharing the gospel that are hated by the whole world. And I believe they bring in a hatred of Christians that amounts at that time. And that causes part of our persecution. But that's a whole nother story. Anyway, they're going to be sharing the gospel in its context. Here's what God did. Here's proof he did it. Here's what he says. Here's what he's doing now. Here's proof. We're right here. We're the two witnesses right here. God wrote about. And here's what he's about to do. What are you going to do? They're going to be sharing the gospel that way. Uh, another uh, uh element of fulfilling the Great Commission is the angel in Revelation chapter 14. I think this is fascinating because we have a an angel giving what's, I, I say, the final call of the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 14, uh, the angel says, John says, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. Sounds familiar. Sounds like Jesus' language. Take this gospel throughout the whole world, right? And then he says in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. So he reminds people, 
what God's already done. He made everything, brief history lesson, credibility builder. And then he says, hey, you need to fear him and give him glory because what? The other option is to be judged. The the hour of his judgment is here. So fascinating fulfillment of the great commission. The gospel goes to the whole world and it's still in that format. Now, uh, before I get to uh, the 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 uh, the context for the Great Commission, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we're doing as an organization to fulfill this Great Commission and take the gospel to, to the whole world. We're trying to equip believers like you um, so that they can share this information, what God has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's about to do, Bible prophecy to share to reach the world. We are. We have planned a series of conferences all around the country to reach out and meet with believers who are Bible prophecy geeks. Uh, we are focused not so much on a timeline or a graph or a book somebody wrote. We're focused on what Jesus said to be doing when he returns. Now, most conferences are, are they're really focused on somebody's book, one person's teaching. This is all about how to prepare for the last days. We can all look and we can see things are coming. We we can sense a, a wave of persecution coming our way. And we should be looking at the playbook. Jesus has put us into the game in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. There are certain plays that the coach wants us to run. That's what this conference is about, focusing on what to do to be prepared. How can we prepare others? What do you do with grandchildren and children? How do you get them ready to be faithful and endure whatever is coming their way? And what about the questions you have? Uh, One of the reasons why you're listening to this podcast is because you have questions you can't ask your pastor. He doesn't know the answer to them or won't answer them. You're You're not alone. There are tons of mature believers that struggle to find pastors and churches where they can grow in and get really fed the word of God because so much of it is neglected and ignored for peace sake for um uh, we want to make sure we keep all of our people so there are certain sermons and topics i'm not going to teach on and so we've all experienced that to some degree so hopefully at these conferences we have four sessions and four q a's they they last all day on saturdays and you can bring all of your questions. We are videotaping everything and we are streaming it out to the world. We have uh, people on our YouTube channel, um, over 100,000 subscribers that are all over the world. And your questions that you have and the answers will go to help benefit them and encourage them and bless them. And so we encourage you to come. We've got our first first conferences in Cincinnati at the Radisson Hotel on June 10th. It's uh, we are called the Last Days Overcomers. You can go to Last Days Overcomer with no S dot org to get tickets. Uh, June 10th, Cincinnati. It, if you're anywhere in that tri-state area, you can go there uh, on June 10th, and we'll be there all day. Go get your tickets now. You can go to the Jones Center if you're near Springdale, Arkansas. Yeah, that's on July 29th. And then, of course, we're at the Mall of America in the Parkview Conference Room in Minneapolis, Minnesota, really Bloomington, Minnesota, on August 26th. Those are the three we 
have so far. Stay tuned. We'll have more uh, going on in the fall. We're just reaching out and trying to build up a community, a nationwide community of believers that are overcomers and that are helping train other people to overcome uh, because we sense a wave of persecution coming our way. We'll probably be featuring stories of people who are being persecuted right here in America in real time. And hopefully their testimonies will encourage you. Now, back to uh, our issue of how to share the gospel in the right context in the end times. We are equipped with all of the scriptures. It took hundreds of years to get all of these scriptures together uh, and to get them to us in print. We have we are a very unique um, uh, generation because we have access to them electronically and physically, and we have the whole of scripture that we can search back and forth with computers like never before. Um, we have access uh, to the intimate details of what God has predicted he's going to do. And we have tons of evidence, more than anyone ever has, that God fulfills his promises miraculously over and over and over again. So we of all people should be leaning into that heart. And because we are in the last days and we can see several things that he has fulfilled in the last days, the last days are actually the most have the most Bible prophecy, the most predictions about the last days than any other time in human history, we have the luxury of being able to point to things that are happening right in front of us today in real time that are actual fulfillments of predictions that God made thousands of years ago. That is the most powerful way to start a presentation of the gospel because that tells people God is God and he's really in control and you and I are really going to have to answer to him. So what are you going to do with the good news? Is it going to be bad news for you? That's what they have to decide. Now, here's uh, Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 through 14. It's the context for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Jesus is talking about his return. He says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased... The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So that's what you're seeing. The, the, the uh, two witnesses will be there proclaiming it to all nations. The angel will proclaim it to all nations, a last call for salvation. This is the fulfillment of the Great Commission Jesus gave us. And ironically, they are doing it in the most powerful format. Here's what God did. This is why you should believe him. Here's what he's about to do. What are you going to do? So my prayer is that we do what Jesus told us to do. Um, uh, He told us to always pray to be ready to give an account for the hope that we have in his return. And that's my prayer for you too. Maranatha, till next time, come Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 